0: you're listening to the simple pen podcast pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy here's your host
1: kate all
0: Well, hello, and welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. My name is Erin Harding, Director of Promoted Pins Management here at Simple Pin Media, and I'm taking the mic from the lovely Kate All today to talk to you about promoted pins, also known as Pinterest ads. This month in The Collective, we're talking all about business foundations. If you are struggling to gain footing or maybe just need a little help getting started, then join us in The Collective. We'll include all of the info on how to get started in the show notes. So, today's podcast is about promoted pins and knowing what type of campaign to run. I'm so excited to have Emily Vales here with us today. Emily is a former teacher turned Pinterest marketing ads expert. Emily, thank you so much for being here with us today.
1: Hey, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. I am. So excited to join you and um, chat about promoted pins. Oh, me
0: too. I know one of our problems is that we can talk forever. So hopefully we can keep this to like a reasonable amount of time. But Emily, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with Pinterest marketing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm chuckling to myself because you are absolutely right. I could, I could talk to you, um, hours. (laughs) so anyways, a little bit about me. I am, as you mentioned, a former teacher. I taught kindergarten and I taught second grade. And um, it was something that I absolutely loved. I was so passionate about it. Um, And then fast forward a little bit. It was about three and a half years into teaching um, that I had my first daughter. So I have two girls now. And I had a really great gig where they were going to allow me to just work part-time, which is sort of unheard of with teaching, but I was actually co-teaching. So there was another teacher in the room with me. And so I was um, just going to be in the classroom three days a week. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. Um, This will work out well. I'll still have some time at home with my daughter. And um, then fast forward, I'm in the hospital holding that baby in my arms. I honestly, I knew I was I just thought, I I can't go back. I can't do it. So it was just, it was a really hard decision to make, especially partway through the year. But the staff, the school I worked at, everybody was super supportive. They were awesome. And the classroom, um, I love my students. And I was so glad that they still had that consistency um, with the other teachers. So I didn't feel... Like I was abandoning them completely. You know, they still had, like I said, that consistency. So um, fast forward eight months from um, after I had my daughter and, you know, my husband and I, I didn't make very much (laughs) to be honest, being a teacher. Um, But then when we started talking about childcare and possibly going back the next school year, and honestly, it just, it didn't make sense. And so, I, I mean, when we did the math, I was almost going to be. Pain to work <laughs> by the time we, you, by the time we factored in child care, I was like, this is insanity. So we decided that I would not return to teaching. Um, because not only would it not make sense financially, but then I would obviously be losing out on that time with my daughter. And so, um, I was just thinking about it and I loved, loved, loved being a stay at home mom, but at the same time I knew, um, I wanted to do something else. And also, to be honest, selfishly, we were used to a certain lifestyle. We like to take vacations. We like to eat out. And if we really wanted to um, kind of crack down on our budget, I think we could have made it work. But like I said, we were just used to a certain lifestyle. And so I decided to take a course on how to launch my own freelance business. And I am a pretty typical teacher. I'm type A perfectionist um which i i shouldn't say a typical teacher i'm sure there's a lot of teachers that are you know different than that however um i just i'm also the type where i'm very passionate committed and when i decided that i was going to do that um when i talked to people about it they're like oh that's cute you know you have your little side business and um but when i was all in i was all in and i was committed and i quickly it was in less than 8 weeks i had Replaced my teaching salary, and um, at the time, I was kind of thinking, you know, I just want to replace my teaching salary. That would be amazing. And then I, you know, I would still be at home. And so, fast forward from that point, I I not only accomplished that goal, but I was beyond that. And so, in the beginning, I kind of just wanted to replace my teaching salary, but then um, I was I was thinking about it and. In the beginning, I kind of felt like I, I wasn't sure what, really what I could even offer. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, I have a lot of administrative skills. Um, I know social media. So I actually started with social media management. And from that point, um, I actually offered social media management for a year. And honestly, Erin, I got so burnt out on it. I was over Instagram. I was over Facebook. I was over liking other people's pictures and commenting. And I actually had a client that was like, hey, would you just play around with my Pinterest? And so I had always been a Pinterest user. And I was like, I, for some reason, I was a little intimidated by it. And I think I just had no idea what the management or the strategy, what any of that meant. And so once I started... um, basically, I mean, I kind of was playing around trying to figure it out. And she knew that. And I gave her an extremely discounted rate. I really fell in love with it in a different way, because I had always loved it as a user. I used it, all the typical things. I was planning my wedding. I used it for my classroom. And from that point on, um, I was I really completely pivoted from social media management. And I um, niched down to Pinterest. I started offering organic. And then after I offered organic, um, management for a year, I decided to really work on and focus on scaling my business. And that's when I learned, um, promoted pins. So basically promoted pins and running campaigns and the data and the analytics, it's just a whole nother beast. (laughs) And you know that I know. So it was a lot to take in, but (laughs) I just I love it, and so that's kind of where I am now, and like I mentioned, I have um two girls. I met my husband when we were in college, um we live in a small town in Indiana, and honestly, I kind of feel like i'm it sounds cheesy, but live in the dream just that I can be at home with my girls, and I love my clients, I love what I do, so that was um pretty <laughs> long winded, but you know me, Aaron, so uh that's kind of me. No, I love
0: that because I think a lot of people who are in Pinterest management um, have a similar story sometimes. And so I think a lot of um, people can relate to that. So that's amazing. I love that. So before we start, I do want to make a note that Pinterest has just made some changes to the ads um, dashboard and the way that, um, some terminology works and literally they just changed it yesterday. And so I think I want to go over it really quick because where we might be used to saying certain things, um, those things have changed and I know this is going to air, um, in the future. And so I just really want to make sure that we are going over that real quick. So the first thing and the main thing that changed is that we, and one of the things we're going to talk about today is what type of traffic, what type of campaign to run. And um, they are renaming traffic objective campaigns to consideration campaigns. So instead of traffic, it's consideration And there's a couple changes inside that, but the main one is um, the change to the name. And then they're updating metrics. They are renaming link clicks to pin clicks, and they are also doing some other things with outbound clicks, um, which is going to be a new metric that we can take a look at. And so there's a couple new changes. You can find all of that in our show notes, but I just wanted to let you guys know that ahead of time so that if we accidentally slip and say traffic campaign, we actually mean consideration campaign. (laughs) So let's start our conversation about what type of campaign to run. Now, Pinterest allows you to run different types of campaigns and by their names, it seems like it might be obvious which type of campaign you should start with. Now, what I'm wondering is, is that true? So if you want to be sort of um, considered as a brand, would you go ahead and run like a consideration campaign? If you strictly wanted conversions, would you just run a conversion campaign? How does that work? And what do you think for a first-time user? Where should they start?
1: Yeah. So like you mentioned, if I do slip, I do apologize. Now, if I say traffic, I do mean consideration. (laughs) So ah, this is a um, semi-loaded question. (laughs) So a lot of times when I get on calls with potential clients, the question comes up, what type of campaign should I run? What do I want to start with? And I think a lot of people are confused when I say, you know, let's start with, we need to get your Pinterest tag installed. Let's start with a consideration campaign. Let's get that Pinterest tag warmed up and then we'll go from there. So they're usually like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean by a consideration campaign? I want to be receiving conversions. Obviously, that's what we all want, right? And so I think that it can be a little confusing. So just to clarify, with consideration campaigns, you can 100% still track and see conversions and receive them. So it's not only to drive those outbound clicks. So that's one important thing to know. And when I say warming up the Pinterest tag, especially if you've never installed the Pinterest tag on your website. Pinterest doesn't have that information about who's taking the action, who's converting. So it's just a really solid place to start with that consideration campaign and go from there. And so I just always try to explain that to potential clients that, hey, I know that it it can be confusing, but consideration is a really great place to start. And then we can give Pinterest in the tag that information about who is your audience, who's taking the action, who should they be showing more of your pin to, and who is going to take that action and um, achieve that goal or that objective. So I think that's something that's really important to know. And um, as far as Where you're starting, Um, I, from my experience, um, and you know, feel free to chime in, Erin. I have felt like consideration campaigns are a little less temperamental than conversions. They've been around longer, and so just another reason that if you're trying to get your feet wet um, and trying to get some experience with running promoted pins, I just think that that's a really great place to start.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that. One of the things, um, especially with consideration campaigns, um, there's not a lot of mistakes that you can make um, that would completely reset the campaign, right? And so I think with um, with somebody who's just getting started, and I think also even with someone who just wants to... Um, sort of see what it's like to interact with the Pinterest Ads dashboard. I think starting there is a really good place to start and like you said, the consideration campaigns are not as temperamental that was a great word um <laughs> as conversion campaigns because I think that it is really good to sort of um Start, I don't want to say slower because obviously, like, we know Pinterest is a little bit slower to react, right? Um, but I think it's kind of nice to start slow, especially when you're spending money every day. Um, if you're spending too much on a conversion campaign, it can kind of get away from you and kind of get a little scary. And then you're like, what's going on? So I think you're <laughs> absolutely right. I think it's a really good place to start.
1: Yeah, and just to add something else that when you were talking it kind of um, popped into my head, they are billed differently too. So with a consideration campaign, you're paying per click. And with a conversion campaign, you're technically paying cost per thousand impressions. Not to get too complicated, just know that they they are billed differently. And from my experience, and once again, Erin Clearly, you have a lot of experience. So I also I think this is sometimes why we do get off on these tangents and have really long conversations. Is it's it's fun to compare notes and talk to each other about what we've seen, what we've experienced. Because I feel like I've I always hear and I so appreciate it on um, this podcast is that everybody's um, business is different, and what works for one person might not work for another person. And so kind of going back to the way that um their build though, they just it, it's just they're different. And so I think it's important to note too that with consideration campaigns, that once again, not to get too overly complicated, there's there's some things, some benchmarks that are really good to hit before you move on to those conversion campaigns. And so yeah, it's just I think it's a really great place to start there,
0: yeah. I agree, and I, I think that, um, with the way that consideration campaigns work, I think it's really a good place to, um, like identify your audience and things like that, and really kind of nail down that targeting that you can use over in conversion campaigns. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, so Can you tell us a little bit about how a traffic campaign, sorry, I did it, I was doing so well, Um, a consideration campaign (laughs) uh, works, like how, tell
1: us a little bit about how they actually work. Yeah, so with a consideration campaign, they, like I mentioned before, they've they've been around longer. From my experience, they optimize faster. And I I was mentioning this earlier, is that you are technically paying per click. And I started to get started to touch on this. And I think I lost my train of thought, to be honest, a little bit when I was talking about that you're paying differently for a consideration campaign. Um, in comparison to a conversion campaign and where I was going with that when I was talking about how they are built differently. From my experience, I actually think that consideration campaigns, not only can you get results, but I feel like you can get some results at a lower price. However, there's, some, there's a lot of things that you have to keep in mind with that as far as your objective. So, are you promoting that pin to a landing page? Are you promoting that to a sales page? And thinking about how much you're willing to pay for those actions. So, just to kind of go back to that, though, I think that is important to note when you're thinking about the investment. And Erin, you said this, and I think this is such a great point that conversion campaigns, um, they, they can... Get away from you a little bit, and so with the consideration, um, it's it's just nice that if you are getting experience, you can start at that that lower budget. And I mean, honestly, here's the thing too with Pinterest, there used to be a guideline where you could not run a conversion campaign until you had hit a a certain benchmark. And now you can do whatever you want. However, we're really just trying to stress to you that it's starting with consideration campaign and getting some experience, um, seeing how much you're having to pay to have those actions taken and just starting there. And as far as the metrics you're seeing... Consideration campaigns and conversion campaigns, um, and Erin, another thing you mentioned that's great is the dashboard. Um, it's it's different, and so I think getting used to it and just knowing that if you're getting used to the dashboard with that consideration campaign, then that's really going to help you when you do start running conversion campaigns, and you have that understanding of what you're looking at and those numbers that you're seeing.
0: Yeah, I and I think you're totally right because um I always when I started doing campaigns um conversion campaigns weren't really a thing yet, but once I realized that I could kind of get my bearings a little bit on the consideration campaign side of things and really just kind of make my way around, I could kind of click around and not worry about um Accidentally doing something, and so I think it's a a good place to start. And I agree with you as far as um, you know, even getting results at a lower cost, and then also being able to kind of experiment at a lower budget is really good too. So, so tell us a little bit about once. So, if someone's starting out with a consideration campaign, it's kind of their first time. Um, they're, they're just kind of starting things on their own or on the other hand of things, other side of things, they, they potentially outsourced their ads and someone else is running them either way. What can somebody expect? Like once a campaign is launched, how long should a campaign run? What are we looking at as far as optimization time? Can you tell us a little bit about that and what you've seen from your experience?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I just have to um, have a disclaimer. I know that we already mentioned this with the name changing from traffic to consideration, but I just realized when I was talking a second ago, I'm like, wait, did I say consideration because I meant conversion... (laughs) So Aaron, if I do switch, I, we we talked about this too. I'm like, consideration and conversion. Those are way too close of names for me that I feel like I could switch it. So Aaron, if I do switch it and you know I mean the opposite, please feel free to interrupt me before. I'll jump
0: in, I'll jump in for sure. <laughs>
1: okay. So, okay, perfect, thank you so much. So as far as the optimization, I think... Think that people are totally another thing that people are sort of thrown for a loop when I get on calls um, or I'm just, you know, kind of messaging with somebody and they just want to feel out what promoted pins are. Do they really work? Yes, they do. (laughs) And I think it throws people off that they just take so much longer to optimize. So I actually started learning Facebook ads as well. And I can't get used to the fact that they optimize so quickly. So with Pinterest though, and promoted pins, there's a couple of different, what I would say check marks or benchmarks. So obviously um, I'm checking in frequently on the campaign. However, I try not to get in my head or overanalyze or panic. And I also tell other people this, that might be DIYing their own promoted pins and being like, oh my gosh, why is this happening? Or why is this not happening? And so obviously you want to check in, um, you know, within those 24 hours, make sure it's up, it's approved, it's running. And after 48 hours, I'm checking, making sure it's spending, things are looking normal, because once it starts running, from my experience, if everything is going the way it should be, it should be spending your budget. So you should see that go way up once it actually starts running. And then um, after those 48 hours, like I mentioned, I'm checking in on it daily and just making sure that everything is still going as it should. However, I try not to overanalyze anything until really seven to 10 days. And here's another difference between consideration and conversion campaigns. Consideration campaigns, as I've continually mentioned, they have been around longer and they do optimize faster. So with conversion campaigns, I try not to, I try to wait closer to the 10 day where 10 to 14 days where with consideration, um, really seven to 10 days, start checking on it and thinking about, okay, what's going on? What changes could I be making? And Aaron, you had mentioned this too, and not to get too in-depth, but if you make too many changes, especially if you start tinkering with the budget, you can actually reset the algorithm, which when you've given it time to optimize, and then if you go in and change a bunch of things, and then it resets that, you just... want to get ahead of yourself. (laughs) And so um, after that seven to 10 days with the consideration campaign though, then I start looking at the numbers and thinking about, okay, what is the click-through rate? And not to get into too many details, but start looking at those things and then actually start deciding, do I need to start making any changes? And that can really be done anywhere from seven to 10 days is when I start looking at it and thinking about it. And all the way up until if I'm running the campaign for four weeks, all the way up until like day 21, I still might be doing things. However, another disclaimer, once I make a change though, when I say I might be making changes up to day 21, I am not making changes daily. That is not something that I do. You really, after you make a change, you want to give it a few more days to optimize. I will give it anywhere from three to four days to see what happens after that change has made, has been made, I should say. So that's something that you can expect. And then I also do require that my that the campaigns that I'm running for clients, that they run for at least four weeks. Otherwise, it's just hard because even though You can see how it's performing and what's going on with, you know, after a week or so. It's important that you can make those small changes and give it some time to optimize so you can continue to enhance the performance. Otherwise, it just makes me feel like I can't really implement what I know is best practices.
0: Yeah, and I think you you kind of said something that I think a lot of people might have a hard time with, especially people coming from like face having run Facebook ads prior to coming to Pinterest um, or even on Instagram or, or whatever Um, it can take a while to really get going. And, I think that um, that's that's kind of what we're used to um, in organic Pinterest uh, marketing as well. It doesn't take as long with promoted pins, which is sort of the bonus, Um, but it does take a while. So don't be surprised if you you don't see much happening for the first kind of seven to 10 days. I realize it's really hard to see that ad spend um, spend without getting those conversions. But um, as long as you're checking all of the other metrics, click through rate, things like that, you, you know, your ad is working, right? You know that your, your people are clicking on your ad that they're interested in what you have to offer. And so from there, it takes a little bit of time. But yeah, I think it's a shock for people, especially people who Maybe haven't run or maybe even aren't familiar with Pinterest in general. I think it's really hard for them to understand that. And so I think that's one of the biggest, like, shocked faces I get when I talk to people about Pinterest ads is how long it can take. And I mean, you can let them run as long as you're getting a return, right? As long as it's worth your while, you can let them run for months. But tell me, about the average that you've seen a consideration campaign run and still get good results. Now, I will say I, good results is sort of, you know, each person has their own thoughts about what that means. And every product is different. So you may be selling a product, you may have a digital product, you may have um, an email list you're building, I realize all of that's different. But in general, what do you see as far as like a time frame with consideration campaign that continues to work?
1: Yeah, so like you mentioned, it definitely there's a lot of things that factor into it, so that's why it's important to keep an eye on your ads, be checking in on them regularly and not just setting them up and then sitting back and relaxing, but I've had campaigns, consideration campaigns, run anywhere from three to four months that do well. And if I see things start to go a direction that I don't like, I make changes. And if it kind of gives it that little boost it needs and things start going well again, then we just let it run. However, when numbers are going in a direction that I'm not pleased with, or I start to see some signs of funnel fatigue, that's when we will shut it off. We kind of regroup and go from there.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point too, um, that with different types of, um, products or whatever the, um, whatever your goal is, I think that sometimes, um, you know, you With some people, they're like, Well, as long as I'm getting a return, right? As long as I'm getting making my ad spend back, I'm happy because you know, we've all unfortunately, right? We've all experienced what could be considered sort of an unsuccessful campaign before. Maybe we don't get the return on ad spend we wanted, maybe we were expecting a two times return on ad spend and we only got one, or maybe we wanted much more than that. So is, is there value in running campaigns um, besides their primary or even secondary goal is is there some sort of value you can get out of putting money behind a promoted pin um, even if you don't get that return you're expecting?
1: Oh absolutely and I think there's such a huge intimidation factor with just running that first campaign and just do it. Just set it up, start it and especially with the consideration campaign, you can um, start with a, a lower budget, maybe not spend as much um, side note there though. I, I do recommend with you know d- don't start with a five dollar a day budget you're really not getting Pinterest enough latitude to work with. So I do want to mention that. So when we are saying that you, they can be less expensive, we're not talking about a few dollars a day because that's really just not going to go anywhere. But if you know, you're putting some budget in, it can be less expensive than conversion campaigns. Um, get that data and just see what's working, what's not working. It's going to help you so much to figure out what tweaks need to be made. And so some things that I like to take away from campaigns. And honestly, some campaigns do so, so well. And some, you know, I'm kind of frustrated. I implemented what I knew was best practices and they don't always go exactly the way that you want them to. And so I try to take from campaigns, um, different pieces of information that I can use moving forward. And so some of those pieces are, look at the keywords, what keywords you can actually see a breakdown on, the um, dashboard where you can see which keywords are converting. You might be surprised. Sometimes I think to myself, "I'm like, where? I mean, you know, I I thought this would be a good one. I did not think it would be the number one for <laughs> conversions." And so, look at the keywords. See what's converting. Um, it also it gives you an overview of your funnel. Um, Pinterest campaigns they are not putting money behind a campaign it's not going to fix a broken funnel um, it's a great way to test a funnel and you just have to know going into a campaign that if you have not shown that your funnel is proven to convert you just have to have that understanding that okay i'm putting money behind this and i don't know what's going to happen but once again it's giving you that data and that information to see if it's working or not and so it can really promoting a, a pen running a campaign That can give you information about where your bottlenecks are. So, if you have a really poor click through rate, it might, you know, you might need to think about changing up the pin design. Um, And so, there's a lot of different numbers that you can look at that can show you issues that you might have with your funnel. So, it gives you that really important information. Um, And then, I mean, gosh, I've even gotten information um, about pin design. I have had kind of, fun, crazy looking font. And it might be something that I'm, and this is, you know, a a whole nother thing, but it might be a font that I wasn't a huge fan of. And I had maybe made a suggestion not to use that font anymore. And somebody didn't take my advice. And then we put some money behind two different pins. And the one that I had (laughs) said does really well, it gives you that leg to stand on, or maybe it's even information for yourself. If you're not paying to outsource that, Hey, this one, for whatever reason, it was easier to read. It was a very Clear, you know, simple font, and that resonated more, so it can even give you information about pin design, so there's just so much that you can take away from a campaign, so just kind of an overview of some of those huge things that I always look at, though yeah, I love
0: that because I think my my most favorite um Besides, obviously, what the main goal is, my most favorite thing to get out of um, a campaign is obviously like identifying your audience, finding out, you know, the age and um, the gender and all of those pieces that go into targeting. And, but ultimately, like the keywords is my favorite because I think that keywords are such a big part of organic Pinterest strategy as well, because obviously work Pinterest is a visual search engine. So visual, you have, you know, your pin design, but then search engine is keywords. And, um, so one thing I learned is that keywords don't necessarily, um, translate from platform to platform. And so for example, I have my own blog that I run. And um, on Instagram, I we use the word houseplants a lot because that's what we're talking about. We're talking, my blog is all about houseplants. And so when I talk about my houseplant care, decor, DIYs, I always use houseplants because that's what I call them. And on Instagram, like, that's what I hashtag because that's what works. But it wasn't until I ran a promoted pin on Pinterest that, in doing the keyword research, I realized that's not what people are searching for on Pinterest. They're actually searching indoor plants, not house plants. House plants was a very low searched um, keyword, and indoor plants or indoor gardening was so much higher. And so it is interesting. I would have never known that had I just been doing organic um, marketing on Pinterest. So I was able to learn that. And I've had that same thing with some clients as well, where they realize that keywords don't necessarily transfer from platform to platform. And so if they come with us or come to us with a keyword pack and we throw them all in there we're really able to identify like, okay, wait a second, we're going to have to add about 30 more keywords because we already, we can already tell that these may not be the type of words that people search on Pinterest. And so I think your number one, which was keywords is like my number one favorite to kind of get out of promoted pins, because, like you said you 're able to see which each one does, how much it spends, how it 's converting, um, and then I think second my my second favorite is really seeing which pens resonate with the audience. And I think that um, testing is kind of a fun thing to do. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want to get too crazy. But like, I love testing, you know, one image versus double image or, you know, um, text box, colored text box versus non text box and just things like that. When you are running promoted pins, it's a pretty quick and very obvious thing which pins resonate with your audience. And so I love that. Like those are my two probably favorite things that I'm able to pull from the data that you get from promoted pins.
1: Yeah. I was cracking up when you said, don't get too crazy. Yeah. Don't be adding, you know, 15 different designs (laughs) to your campaigns. I, I agree. It is. It is so interesting. And like you said, it, it does. It's, it's so crazy how quickly they basically are able to see what people are taking action on and then quickly the other pin will be um, pretty suppressed from distribution. So yeah, they, it is it's super interesting though.
0: That's right. And we're going to see even more of that with the way that they're doing the um, budget scheduling, right? Like now that's going to be on the campaign level. So yeah, yeah, big change. It's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that in another podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, so that's really great information. So I love, just as a recap, um, talking about sort of consideration campaigns being a really great place to start. If you just want to get your feet wet and you just want to learn um, about promoted pins on your own, uh, that's a really great place to start. What's great about consideration campaigns is the results you often get at a lower cost. You get the experience of being inside that Pinterest dashboard and starting that at a lower budget. And then just a reminder to be patient. Pinterest ads take a little bit longer to optimize, but really the results you get are so amazing and they last forever ever because your pin lives on forever and then just sort of the value you get out of those is um, pretty amazing so you not only have your primary goals but you also get a lot of extras which is learning about keywords testing your funnel learning about pin design and learning about your audience so Emily What I always love to do is leave our listeners with a couple pro tips from the pro. So let us in on any secrets you may have or any pro tips that we could give them today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So be patient. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, with promoted pins, uh, well, actually, with promoted pins, they still are a sprint compared to organic management for sure. <laughs> but when you're thinking, if you've you know run ads on other platforms, they definitely are going to be slower. So just keep that in mind. Um, like Kate always says, and I love this, it's a slow burn. And we see that even with promoted pins in their own right. Uh, Start with a consideration campaign, especially if you have that ice cold Pinterest tag not warmed up at all. Pinterest doesn't know who's converting. Start with consideration campaign and go from there. It's, It's so important to know what your goal is too and your objective and that you are tracking those stats. And I had mentioned before that you're not just sitting back and relaxing. I mean, I think especially (laughs) you've got some skin in the game when you're spending money. However, I think that people get busy and a couple of days, a week goes by and you know, check on those campaigns. (laughs) So it's important to to check on them and that you even though you can run it for a couple of months, that if you are going to do that, that you're very mindful of, that you need to be making tweaks and making sure that you're doing things that will optimize your results, um, don't hit another tip. Don't hit the promote button. It's not the same thing (laughs) as setting up a campaign and the targeting. So it's, can I interrupt
0: here? So you're talking about when you see a pin on your feed, so like a pin that you've already pinned to a board and it gives you the option to promote it just with that small, um, pin you're saying, don't hit that button but go into the ads dashboard and set up a promoted pin there.
1: Yes. And I have to be transparent with you, Erin. I've never just hit the promote button. So I am not even really sure what all it even asks you, but I've had clients say, Oh, well I've promoted pins. I would assume it's similar to boosting a post on Facebook and so I'm thinking that, you know, that's, it, it might get more engagement on that pin, but it's, it's not the same thing. And so I definitely do not recommend doing that and just know that it is not the same thing. So when I've had people tell me that they have run promoted pins, I'm like, well, yeah, it's not exactly the same. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Erin, or... <laughs> Well, no, that's a great tip.
0: Just don't hit the promote button, but go inside the ads dashboard and set it up there. That's perfect.
1: Yeah, make sure that you're getting those, you know, that that audience and you're able to make those choices about who you're targeting. That's such, you know, that's key. So, and then last tip, um I mentioned this already, but um you know, if you make sure that you are running a campaign and that you have a sales funnel that's proven to convert. And if it's not proven to convert, just know that you are going into it, that it will be a test. And then also, once again, kind of touched on this before, but that you are giving Pinterest enough money to work with. So $5 a day is not going to cut it. So that was my last tip. But yeah. I love that. All of those are
0: really amazing tips. And we will have those all outlined in the show notes. And this is episode 227. Emily, thank you so much for being here with us today. You can find Emily at emilyvails.com and Emily Vails on all social channels. And as always, if you're interested in learning more about Promoted Pins Management, you can find us at simplepinmedia.com.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure.